friends, uh, welcome back to the pod. Uh, today we're going to talk to our good friend over here, Jessica. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your long name. At, at True 3 Media. But that's like a hot tip right there. Like, we got Jess here. She goes by Jessica Long Name. But did you know that's not actually her last name? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people might not know that. Can you say I didn't know. Oh, if I say it, people are just going to, like, listen to this one part over and over and over. And it actually could be convenient for my life. And I'll just direct people to this podcast. There you go. We should. How and about, I'll like, me and I try it first and then you say Yeah, 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 yeah. Do that. That's the good one. You go first. <laughs> I almost said, like, the Christmas song. Melakaliki Oranje. Give or take a couple different. <laughs> Mela or No, there's another symbol it literally sounds like you just like fell on the keyboard no. yeah it's like you just got a melajeronangi no no oh i was like oh that's close you know the christmas song it's like i love that i'm changing my name to that i'm I'm finding the lyrics and i'm just like putting that as my last name from now now, what is it? Go. All right. It's Melik Nijad Orangi. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew there was another part. I'm yeah. Just yeah, 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 yeah. The Jessica Long name. Yeah, exactly. That's way <laughs> easier, and I prefer it. <laughs> so uh, why, don't you, why don't we start at the beginning? Where did this journey start? Where were you living? I mean, you're not a local to Alberta, so tell us, uh, tell us about the East Coast. Yeah. Oh, born and raised East Coast, New Brunswick, Atlantic Canada. It's kind of like a small moto scene there. I think if you are from there, you are around the sport. We probably know each other, probably grew up racing together. Um, Started racing when I was seven with my dad. My dad originally bought my brother a bike when he was like two or three and like he's two dad like he can barely walk like he can't ride a bike but my dad is a persian man and did not even consider the idea of me riding and i was like i want to ride i want to ride i was like a little tomboy i was like i want to ride my dad was like nope we'll get you into like dance or something and i was like what the heck so i stole the bike from the garage like one day they were just in the house and I like pushed it out in the yard and I like started it by myself. So I was like seven ish, so like old enough to like kind of figure it out. It was just a P Dub fifty, like a little Weisinger. It's yellow. Um, I had one of those too. <laughs> yeah, the best bike, right? Like I see them every now and then on like Kijiji and stuff. I'm like, I might buy one of those just as like a display. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that guy. Okay. Were you older than your brother then? Yeah, my brother was. I was three years older. Okay, yeah. So you're like the older sister that wasn't allowed to ride. Yeah, yeah. Was it was sick. like all about him. He was like going to be the star. But my dad didn't ride either or anything. Like he bought a four-wheeler for himself and then this like Weisinger for my brother. Oh, and so he, he didn't grow up like riding. No, 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 no. experience. He's like fresh off the boat from the Middle East and just was looking for something to make our family a family. Oh, like, sick. Do, like, family sports stuff. And my mom's like kind of a yeehaw, like white <laughs> Canadian. Yeehaw. <laughs> Jesse's response to everything is yeehaw. That's my mom. She's very like, Comes we ride four wheelers and go in mud. And my dad's like, oh, that might be a little too too crazy for a bunch of babies. So is your mom from East Coast too? Yeah. She was born and raised in the same town. She basically still lives in. So yeah, that's about it. Sucked my dad right in there. Um, Yeah. 
and then I took the bike, rode it. My dad came out and was like, oh, she can actually, like, uh, ride it, unlike my son. That's two. <laughs> um, and my dad was like, all right, let's go to the race. And it was actually Johnny Montez and Juan Montez, Johnny's dad. Johnny's dad and my dad are, like, pretty good buddies. Um, and it was – and Austin Slay, which is Devin Slay. Like, maybe these are names Atlanta kids only kind of know, but kind of big in – the world there uh they were all my dad was kind of all friends with them and that's how we found like the atlantic series and we went to like our first race at riverglade in 1997 and it was like a mud race and back then the finish line was like a big tabletop kind of where i guess where the start gate sort of is now and i remember like vividly going up the finish line uh like jump which was kind of steep for like a yz50 and I just like completely rolled backwards back down the hill and just like fell in like a big mud puddle. And my dad just like picked me up. And I so vividly remember my dad looking at me being like, we can go home. Like you don't need to finish this. And me just like looking dead at my dad being like, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> like just Mike, like help me up this hill. And my dad just like pushing me up the hill. And my dad's like a bit of a worry wart. My mom's the one that's like, go faster or win my dad like especially when we started he was like terrified and there's like there's this big hill it's still there at riverglade it's like off the triple down and like the 50s cut the track still to this day and they don't go down like into the valley and my dad was like the brakes like my dad's mechanic so he thinks of everything mechanical he's like the brakes on this bike won't work enough to slow her down going down this hill and he was like just absolutely panicking knowing nothing about the sport and just like going to our first race like in a truck and him racing four wheelers like at the same race and like we did that for a year and then my brother raced the following year and then for i don't know i guess until 2010 we all raced as a family every weekend of every summer and spent every winter like basically somewhere hot or in quebec riding arena cross or doing something just like riding as a family riding bikes. racing yeah did you guys share the 50, like, you and your brother when you first started racing, or did you each get bikes at that time then? Yeah, so I got the YZ. Well, he originally bought the YZ50 for my brother. Couldn't ride it. I got the YZ50. So then the following year, actually, my dad bought, everybody will know this name, the Lockhart. So Ryan Lockhart had a little brother, Brad Lockhart. My dad bought his 50 off him, which was, like, an LEM 50. I don't know if a lot of people remember that brand do you remember that yeah, yeah. like lem it was like a little it was like it was i think it was supposed to be red but it was definitely pink <laughs> it's painted in the sun it's yeah yeah sun. it was definitely a little pink lem and he wrote that and he like collapsed like he was like a wild child like he like collapsed the suspension on that because he was like jumping it just the way it's not supposed to be jumped <laughs> like he rode that for a year and i rode the yz and i think i think probably the second year i got a ktm like the old like not liquid cool or whatever they were like one of those and like every year we always had our own bikes and stuff it's pretty sweet and like always moto then yeah i the first time i ever rode in like a trail or something like my dad was very against trail riding like our bikes were race bikes they were only to be ridden on a track like one time i'll tell here's a story one time i was on a cr 85 racing and all the boys like in my school i don't know how old i must have been like grade seven or eight all the boys had like four wheelers and they would go trail riding down at the lagoon which was just down like the road from my house and 
they all knew like I raced and stuff and it was like, but nobody's seen me race because it's like, okay, it's an hour away to a track or blah, blah, blah. And I remember like the boys kind of were like, you don't have a dirt bike, blah, blah, blah. So I like went up in my garage and like pushed it down the hill and like went out and like was like, I'm going to sneak in and show off to these boys. So I like was ripping around the lagoon on my like CR85 and I was like showing off. And then there was like, um, like barbed wire, ball wire, what's it called? Barbed wire? Like some, like just on like the side and I ran over it. And it got all wrapped up in my, my, like, back break and shit. And I had to, like, push it back up. And I, like, told my mom. I was like, Mom. And my mom was, like, the one that was, like, down. Like, she was, like, I could kind of, like, whatever. My dad was, like, the serious one. Like, don't do anything stupid. And I was like, Mom, look what I did. And she, like, helped me, like, cut it all out. Cut it all out. And then, like, literally that night, like, my dad would work on bikes, like, every night in the garage. And he came home and he's like, why is the back uh, brake here all scratched up? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Busted. I feel like my mom probably told him or something. Because, like, how would he notice that? Well, I don't know. Maybe he noticed. I don't know. I got in big trouble for that one. That was the only time I, like, sort of rode off-road. And it just totally bit you. <laughs> it just screwed me so hard. Like, yeah. No off-road. Yeah, that was, that was, like, my one off-road experience. And then, and then you came to Alberta, and this year... Tanika and I brought you, uh, we got you on a TE and now you're ruined. Now you're a big off-road guy. Yeah, I love that TE. That was so fun. That was actually like, that was the first time that I was like, oh, you don't have to like race. But you also brought me to that SOR thing, which is like. Yeah, that was great. Store, like a race. Like I was like, how it's fast could I go through these things? Like, I don't know. But like, but then at like Babes, I like tried to go fast sort of like through, like I tried to go ahead of you guys and like take off like fast to like get ahead to get some photos and stuff and then i got going and realized like this is terrifying like i don't want to go fast here because like two seconds before there's like a jeep coming around the corner like very different riding terrifying where we were <laughs> yeah i guess like the sor thing i guess there's no fear of anybody coming towards you yeah, yeah. so that might be less stressful but still like you don't know if there's a like I saw a deer that weekend like on the track I was like that is so sketchy that doesn't happen in moto <laughs> amazing amazing <laughs> off-road's a different world like, i love it in there. yeah so this was like early 2000s then you riding as a kid in river glade 97 was the first year uh i feel like it was just after nationals i think was our first race there you go yeah it was that was a long time ago that's amazing and then every year since i've been at river glade nationals except I think there was a year that it was at Pleasant Valley and not River Glade in Nova Scotia. And, and then that was really, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta loop back. That was a story but for the, while you, you, so you raced amateur stuff quite a bit. Like that was a big part of your childhood. Yeah. And then did it ever branch into the women's nationals out East? Yeah, so it was kind of one of those things that where my parents were like, you got to be like smoking everyone in Atlantic for us to like take you to nationals. And my parents are also like, not to like shit talk them or anything, but they're not planners. So it was literally like, we would find out we're going to nationals like the night before. Okay, <laughs> we're driving to Ottawa right now. It's like an 18 hour drive and you're going to race nationals tomorrow. And it's like, 
oh, like now looking at it, it's like, hmm, some prep would have been nice. Like maybe like some practice or like maybe like a couple less pops, you know, like would have been super helpful. So it was never like, it was never like, I feel like maybe they did that looking back to like not put pressure on us to not like make us overthink it and stuff. Or do you Which, think it was like because they like your dad was running a business? Like, do you think that that played a big part of that too? Like that, <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's like the crazy thing. Like as much as like I was kind of a shitbag kid. Like I was the kid that like threw the helmet and I was like throwing bikes and kicking bikes. Like I wasn't a delightful little racer. <laughs> um, but the chili pepper. Yeah, I was, there was the chili pepper coming out there a little bit. It's always been there. Um, and, like, thinking about it, like, I remember, again, another very vivid memory, driving back from a Nova Scotia race, which that race was probably, like, a six, seven-hour drive on, like, a Sunday night. And we had, like, this cube van. Like, we went through a lot of, like, race rigs growing up. Like, every year we had – my dad had a different plan for, like, this one will be great. So this year we had, like, a cube van. It was, like, one of those, like, big U-Haul things. And he put a checker flag on the side, and that was our race rig. And I remember he was like driving home. I was probably like nine. My brother was like sleeping on the back bunk and I was like driving and my dad was like, you got to keep talking to me. And my dad would always like chew spits on the drive home. And like later I realized he did that to like stay Just awake. Stay yeah. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, talk to me. Like tell me a story. And I was like, what do you mean? Like why? And he's like, I just getting a little tired and we just need to chat so I can like stay awake. And I'm like, what are you tired for, Dad? You only raced one class. I rode three classes and I got a trophy. And I like remember like holding up the trophy and like he was like in like the vet class or whatever he was in, not getting trophies back then. And he was just like so tired. And I remember just being like, How's he tired? Like that doesn't make any sense. The man had a full time job. He's driving six hours for these two ungrateful little shits to race dirt bikes. <laughs> and I'm just like, Why are you tired? Like, oh, because he's an adult. And like now I'm like driving back like an hour from Lethbridge. Like, I can't keep my eyes open. Didn't even race. Can't keep my eyes open. <laughs> like, oh, that must like be. You can look back on that experience, especially where you're at right now and like you see these kids and like you're trying to like not like mentor them but like kind of like share that experience yeah. of like putting yourself in those shoes right that's so sick yeah and it's so funny it's like nothing i can say to these kids will make them understand like how much their parents are doing for them but like i always try to tell the parents like one day this kid is gonna it's gonna click and this kid's gonna realize like oh shit this is not easy for my parents to do what they're doing and then that day, I feel like is a good day for the parents. Like I remember my day vividly. It was it was in Alberta. I came to Alberta for a couple of years to like work and stuff. And I ended up going to like an Antler Lake race just by myself in my pickup truck. And that was the first time I put fuel in my own vehicle. I put fuel in the bike. I put my own like staples numbers on the bike. Like that was the first time I went to a race completely alone. Like no friends, no nothing. And I just remember like getting to the track and being like, whoa this is a lot of work. Like, I'm like, writer's meeting hasn't even happened yet. And I'm exhausted. Like, <laughs> this is a lot. Like, I just being like, holy crap, my dad did this for two kids and me and him, I mean, and like, and my mom helping too. But like that, and then driving, like I, that was like an hour drive, maybe like he used to drive like overnight to get to Florida in like one day and then come back and go to work the next day like that it was wild i don't want to toot his heart horn too hard but i love <laughs> that so much like i feel like there's so many of these kids and 
and they're having the opportunities to like go spend the winters in florida or california or wherever down south where there isn't snow and like the sacrifices that their parents are making for them i wish that i could just like show them you know what i mean like they're doing so much i mean there's so many of these families that are like not just working in nine to five but like 24 7 doing all this work traveling all these hours like it's so cool that that they're like willing to do all of that for their kids it's wild like i can't imagine like i'm like how old am i like i like you know what it's kind of funny now that i think about it i'm at the age now what my dad was when we were doing this that's kind of crazy i just realized that now but like i'm like a selfish shit still like i can't imagine driving some ungrateful little shits to a race and then like thinking back you would all like his famous thing would be like we didn't come here for you just to like toy around like you, <laughs> you go out there and try your hardest he never like pushed to win but it was always like he could tell when i wasn't trying which i will give it to him he won't listen to this but I, there were a couple times that i wasn't trying like i just wanted away from my friends and stuff like for sure but like Damn, I would be so pissed if I brought a kid to a race and then she was like, oh, I just wanted to wait for Cheyenne because it's fun to ride with her. (laughs) (laughs) I'd leave the kid. There's no way. There's no way. So that's pretty cool that they did that. And then it's still happening. There's like you look at all the parents at the track. They're all doing the same thing. They're going to work on Monday and they're paying a lot of money. I feel like it's probably way more money now, too. Like back then it was like it was expensive, but it was like. It's not what it is now. Like, this is nuts. Like, it's crazy. So, that's yeah. wild. That's yeah. so cool. So, when did you make the journey from East Coast to here? Like, were you racing that whole time? Yeah. How did so... that, like, transition look like? Obviously, something happened. <laughs> so, yeah, there was, like, racing. Uh, we raced, like, growing up and, like, as a family, like, the whole time. And at a certain point, so like 2000, I was going to say the whole story, I guess, right from racing as a kid. So as a kid, we raced as a family in 2009, 2010, something like that. My brother crashed at like a local race off the start and quadriplegic. <laughs> little, little short uh, on the start, collided with a couple buddies and... That was kind of like a like a moment where I stopped riding while he was in the hospital because it was one of those things. Obviously, you don't want like two of us in the hospital at the same time. But at no point was it ever like, "Okay, I'm done riding forever." Like there, it never crossed anybody in our family's like mind that I was done. I was also at that age where it was like, "Hey, I was going to university. I was like, like." living at school for school year but like home for the summer so it was kind of like as a women's racer you're kind of done anyway like there wasn't it wasn't really like there was a career ahead of me or something so it was kind of like eh, we'll go to some races but I also got this like fire under my butt at that moment when like my brother got hurt that like I wanted to win like one more Atlantic championship or something but there was some fast girls coming up so it wouldn't be easy to win another one at that point so i was like i'm going to california and like east coast is like you go to florida like everybody goes to florida nobody goes to california because it's so far and it's like nobody's driving that far so i like shipped my bikes out to california and like heidi cook is like obviously i grew up like watching her so she was kind of like the icon 
And I knew that her trainer was Todd from Performex. And I was like, that's who I got to go to be the best. And so I went there for like a month or two, like trained and like did the whole like, I'm racing nationals, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm doing it. And then I came back and it was like the first local race. And I just absolutely wanted myself like just yeet over like this track is it's called like Kingston. And it's funny because it's the same track we were driving back from when I realized like my dad's an old man. And he's tired. Um, He I like I remember it was like a it's like it's like go for dunes. And honestly, I'll say it like I think it's gnarlier than go for dunes. And that's like a bold statement like this track second motos is gnarly can't imagine having a national there it would be sick where where is it it's in kingston nova scotia honestly i don't even again like never drove myself to a race sand Sand, like so sandy so deep and it gets so like like you know like gopher gets those like big rollers like they're like on a 60 like you disappear in them (laughs) like they're gnarly does it still exist i think it's it's not on the series anymore um but i think people every now and then i'll see a video of somebody like riding it like when they're not supposed to or something like i think the track is still there but like there's no more races there i wish it was though. that is a gnarly place i feel like there's a couple calls that could be made i think the people that owned it own a new track now or something i don't know it was a sick track and it was like first lap for second first moto but like ladies were always last so like the track was gnarly already and i like come over these like rollers and i was like out front whole shotted on Heidi like shitting my pants like we are full <laughs> pants shitting at this point but like no she's gonna pass me like by like the fourth fifth corner but like at this point I'm a rock star right. <laughs> and I'm just going full tilt brain just shuts off and I just launch myself and it was one of those crashes where you're like in the air and you're like in the air for longer than like you expected and like this sounds stupid and it was like a weird moment where i feel like as i was falling i kind of like made eye contact with my dad and i just knew that was the moment like we're done my dad can't handle this like he just watched one of his kids like in a wheelchair we're trying to figure out how to like get him around the house and then me like yeet like no 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 no, we're done so that was kind of the last moment of like chasing the dream like that was like hey we just gotta do this for fun now which was like best case scenario in the end and then after that it was just like we're just chilling we're not going anymore like big races or anything and then it was kind of again like i was at that age where i was like getting a real job and stuff and that was kind of that was the first time i came out west so i came out west in like 2015 or something for like two years or three wait 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 two years ago. so that crash is where you hurt your ankle no no no, no. oh okay that was just a funsies crash oh just fun yeah okay. that was just funsies just a big crash. yeah that was that i didn't get hurt or anything it was just like a kind of a gnarly okay. one that was like a moment gotcha that was like mm, this is probably stupid we gotta chill a little. <laughs> yeah yeah like we don't need to be going that fast yeah. anymore yeah Okay. That was just like a chill moment. Sorry. And no, then you no. came out west. And then I came out west, got a bike, rode some like local races, and then was like, hey, I'm going back east. <laughs> Drove back east with that same bike that I bought out here. And then hadn't ridden. It was like winter 2017. Hadn't ridden. First local race in Riverglade. I'm like, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> She's back. I'm back in the east coast. We're going racing. And hadn't literally, this was the dumbest thing ever. Like looking, thinking about it now. It's like I hadn't practiced. 
I just knew I was going out there for fun. I wasn't trying to win anything. I wasn't trying to do anything. I've ridden this track since I was seven years old. Like, shouldn't be anything to worry about. I'm just going out for fun. Have a little race. First lap, first practice. <laughs> it's just totally cased the crap out of the clatapult. And, like, again, like, they've changed it since, like, it was the clatapult. So it, it wasn't anything crazy. It just weird landing. Ankle snapped uh thought it was just a sprain like the ambulance like looked at it and everything they're like here's an leave and... sounds like a similar story yeah because like, yeah <laughs> uh thought it was fine a buddy was like i'll take you to the hospital and i was like yeah it kind of hurts like maybe maybe we'll get an x-ray or something so i had a buddy drive me to the hospital and like i was like calm as a cucumber like it was like it was like it was nothing like i genuinely was like maybe i can race the second moto yeah like it'll be good um and then the doctors like got an x-ray and then just suddenly everybody started like the whole vibe of the room just completely changed after the x-ray like you just up. feel that energy yeah oh. it was like it was one of those moments where it was like uh what's going on and then suddenly like the nurse like this dude nurse is like jabbing me with all these needles and he's explaining to me and as he's doing it he goes this is fentanyl this is what killed michael jackson and just like jabs it into my arm and i'm like what what like what are you talking about and he's like this will kick in in 30 seconds and he's like and then when this one fails off this one's gonna kick in and he's just jabbing me with needles and it was just happening so fast and i was like whoa 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 what's what's happening and as like i was like trying to figure it out like i start like i don't do drugs or anything but i got real high real fast and i was just like floating above the bed and i was like what is going on and the doctor just like comes up he goes literally right now the only thing that's holding your foot on is your skin <laughs> i was like seems probably not good and he's like i'm not sure why you're not feeling the pain but i think it's adrenaline and when that fades off you're going to be in a lot of pain and he was like uh we've also called another ambulance to get you out of here to a different hospital because we don't know what to do with that wow. <laughs> so it just all kind of happened quick and it was and it's wild because my dad and brother weren't even at the race yet because it was still practice. <laughs> like, it was morning. So I like, called my dad and I was like, uh, you don't have to go to the track. Just meet me at the hospital. And he's like, are you kidding me? Right now? <laughs> I just so annoyed. <laughs> I like ruined the day at the track. Uh, so then they came. Then we jumped in the ambulance, went to another hospital. They were like, we're just going to like put an external stable thing on and then we're sending you to another hospital because we can't do anything here either Shit. so they that other hospital ended up being like where i'm from um in like near saint john and just stayed there a doctor flew in from ontario to do the surgery i was like we don't know what's gonna happen stay in the hospital for a bit and they were basically like when they released me they were like this 50 50 chance that this could be fine or it could be like real bad and I was like, I'm sure it's fine. They're like, yeah, we're pretty sure it's fine. Like, you're young, you're healthy. Like, you don't smoke. You don't do anything that could, like, damage your bones and stuff. You should be fine. But just know there's a possibility that this could be bad. And at this point, you're in the hospital. And what exactly? Yeah. So you broke. Is it your left? Uh, right, tib fib, and, like, shattered my talus. Yeah, so you're, like, from your ankles, like, just, like, hang, just yeah. hanging on my yeah. skin. At this yeah. point, they, like they did surgery they got it all like pieced together sort of yeah. and like some metal in there to like hold yeah what can be pieced together gnarly yeah so there was like a chance that like blood circulation wouldn't go back to the talus 
and he was like it's not likely but it it's it is 50 50. And i was like okay and like didn't think anything of it and didn't really understand at that point the like gravity of the situation i thought like broken ankle bah, been there done that like it's not a big deal and then recovery seemed to be going like standard like that's what i thought and then like slowly like my surgeon just kept like kind of like hinting like weird things like this is like this is not good we're gonna do this test and we're gonna do this test and like weird tests that like there was one test like again i'm not like i'm i'm not good at this stuff like 99% of the time when the doctor's talking I just black out and don't listen anyway so like when I say these things I don't really know what I'm talking about but there was a point where they took blood out of me let me leave the hospital for a couple hours came back put that blood back in me let me leave the hospital for a couple hours came back took it out and they just kept like taking blood in and out doing these like tests and like I don't even to this day don't even know what they were doing. But like all these like weird things like they thought I had lupus. They thought like I had like some bone disease and all these all these weird things because they couldn't figure out why my talus was just dying. And to this day nobody can figure out why. And like doctors all over the world have like looked into this and like no it doesn't make any sense because I'm like young healthy like. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. So the it ended up going bad. And so since then, it's been like seven surgeries. It's fused like three different ways to try to like mitigate the pain. And we got to the point where it was like, hey, that's it. Like literally. And the main reason I came to Calgary after all of this was there's a really good surgeon here that uh, my surgeon in New Brunswick recommended that was like he has the most experience in Canada like if you can get to Calgary you should go to Calgary and it just worked out that I could be here and we did a surgery with him and didn't really do anything and then we were literally in a room with six of the top like ankle doctors in Canada and they were all like they came in they talked to me they looked at the x-ray they looked at all this stuff they left and then they kind of all came back into the room and they were like it's unanimous. We all agree. It's like amputation is the only option. And I was like, okay. Like at that point I was just like, it was like four years, five years of just dealing with this pain, dealing with all these surgeries, dealing with all this. And like, right. to me, I was like, cool. Like I'm down. Like I looked into prosthetics already. Like it was kind of already talked about. Like I was totally cool with it. And this would have been like from the knee down. <laughs> yeah. Knee down. And it's like the process of getting an amputation is kind of crazy like you have to talk to like a psychiatrist you have to do all this stuff to make sure they're like you're saying like maybe saying is not the right word but you're like okay with the scenario and stuff and like did it all like basically it was booked like we were doing it and i was like totally okay with it all the like doctors i talked to and stuff they're like it's like not very common that people are so okay with it and again maybe it comes back to like my brother's a quadriplegic and like you losing your legs really yeah, yeah not so that much. bad in comparison yeah, yeah like I'm not, I wasn't too worried about it. And then like kind of last minute, I found this weird brace on Facebook, ironically. And I was in all these like groups about like this injury, which is like most common with like old people, which is kind of funny because like, I guess old people's bones are more like right. not as strong or whatever, whatever, fragile. Um, So like I'm in all these groups with all these like old people and one of them got this brace from the u.s military and was like it's so great blah, blah blah and everybody's like talking about it and like i read about it and i was like mm, maybe like i don't know like maybe i should try it 
And I like brought it up to my surgeon and he kind of thought it was real dumb. He's like, no, that ain't going to do shit. It's just going to hurt your knees. It's going to hurt your heads. And I was like, well, like, shouldn't we try it before we chop this guy off? Like maybe like you can't go back and like maybe it would work. And he was like, well, if you want. And he kind of like treated it as if like I was just like not okay with cutting my ankle or my leg off. And I was like, dude, I'm telling you, like it just maybe it works. Like who knows? So I like went out kind of on my own and got it. And, like, a Calgary company ended up making me one similar to, like, the U.S. one, which is, like, it, this one is, like, available in Canada, but it's not the one that the U.S. military made. Because when you get that one, you actually have to spend, like, three weeks in this, like, rehab clinic because it's called a limb loss prevention brace. So you have to, like, actually do physio and, like, training or whatever with it as if you're learning to walk with a prosthetic. Because, oh, wow. like, you're walking with, like, your shin it's like it's the same thing that a like a prosthetic does this brace does so like no weight actually goes on my foot or my ankle so that's why it like works so great that like no no weight is going on my ankle so there's no pain so it's like that brace kind of changed everything where it's like now whereas before it was like okay the only way to get pain relief is to chop this guy off whereas now it's like okay, I could get pain relief from this brace. So it's now it's like an option. It's like, should I cut it? Should I not? Which kind of sucks because it's like, eventually I'm going to have to. But now there's a choice, which sometimes like having choices is just like too much and rather like a short menu than a long menu kind of thing, you know? So yeah, I think uh, the brace is kind of a game changer now. So it's now we're in like the limbo of how long should I use this brace for before we chop that bad boy off? And at that time, when you got that brace, like that was a that was a huge investment. Like it wasn't yeah. just like, hey, I found this brace on Facebook. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I remember saying, like this was as much as getting like a new like CRF two hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like this is just, like, yeah, yeah. It's not a cheap brace. Oh, it's like Stockholm brace. Yeah, no, no, no. And I've had it now. I think it's been like almost two years and I'm like literally in the works of getting a new one, which it, it works great still, but it's just like, I don't want it to like break in the middle of like something and then not have a, another one or something. So I'm in the works of actually getting another one. So if anybody has any color recommendations, like I'm allowed to like customize it to make it any color. Definitely pink. <laughs> like hot pink. Yeah. I went the first one, I went just like carbon fiber because I was like, mm, it's just going to be like under seals. Like it's basic. But like the next one, I think I might like make it cool. I don't know. We'll see. Um. So yeah, we're getting another one and it's like, uh, it's cool. I like... I don't know, I guess, I don't know, it's like doctor stuff. It's like kind of different from Moto, but like the place is called Coleman Clinic and it's, they, they do like prosthetics and stuff. Actually, it's not Coleman Clinic. The guy moved. It's called Align Prosthetics now. Um, and like the guy there is a genius. Like he's like so caring. Like doctors are kind of like surgeons and stuff are kind of like hard to talk to and they're like, they think like they're, you know, it's kind of tough to talk to them. Um, but like this guy's been so good and he's like so like down to just try stuff so it's like hey this brace is great but like if it did this this would be so much better so it's like he's super good with like working with me to be like okay like this isn't like it's literally like testing like suspension and stuff like that back strut like we tried a couple of them like they're different like strengths and stuff so it's like okay he's like if you want to start running like we can change that i'm like oh, i don't really want to start running like i think i'm good <laughs> like so he's like he's always like trying to like try new stuff and it's super cool to like work with them and like get this brace on the go so yeah. that's awesome that he's like willing to work with you and like 
trial and error through that stuff. Yeah. And I think it's like super beneficial to him too, right? Because he has like, he has tons of clients and maybe not all again like i said this injury is more common for older people so i think it's exciting for him that it's like maybe somebody younger and more like slightly more capable of like trying different things and like willing so i think he kind of finds like the fun in it a little bit too that's super cool so once you came out here you got your brace you stayed or did you go home at well i got i got a surgery here first i got maybe two surgeries here and I like recovered here and stayed here and then when I got my brace like at that point I was like here anyway like I was staying um so when I got the brace yeah I was already like fully committed to Calgary wasn't going back to the east coast at that point never gone back since <laughs> amazing yeah, and what do we think good. do we like uh do we west do we like the west <laughs> we won't let you leave so there's only one answer yeah like it's 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 like i'm not leaving like i have no intentions of going back to the east coast because it's just so much like there's so many more opportunities here especially with what i'm doing now it's like there's there's no way this would work on the wet or east um but i think it's kind of one of those things where it's like obviously atlantic moto has a special spot in my heart and I'm biased in that situation because I grew up there. So it's like those, like, like you have JC and all those people. Like I have those same people, but they're just like East Coast, right? So like sure. I have a bias where it's like, oh, East Coast Moto is so much better because <laughs> we're like more of a family. But it's like, I'm sure if I grew up here, it would be the same. And everybody's been so welcoming and I've just like adopted myself into it. So <laughs> it's good. But Atlantic is like the home. Like I love going home to Riverglade. Like, that's the spot. That's awesome. Well, and it's funny, like, how Jess says, so she got the brace. And I think I've heard you say this before. What was day one with the brace? <laughs> yeah, that was, like, kind of an iconic day. Day one, got the brace. Literally, I think I got it, like, 10 o'clock in the morning or something. And I had, I was, like, already kind of toying with the idea of getting back into, like, photography, videography, which I did as a kid. Um and my dad sent me like his old camera or something which he does not take pictures like for the life of him he just like loves technology and buys stupid shit and has extra money to waste now that he doesn't have two kids racing <laughs> um, so he sent me his 7d and i was like well doctors are like super keen on physio and stuff and i I like like physio when I was like, hey, I got to get better to race and like that's fun. But it's kind of hard to go to physio or go to the gym or anything when you're like, well, I'm not training to race. I'm not like training to get back on a bike. Like I kind of know the realisticness of like this injury and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, I'm just going to go walk around Wild Rose with my camera. So like that day, I literally showed up at Wild Rose for like a practice day and walked 14,000 steps and took like probably 14,000 pictures <laughs> and like was just like before that point I hadn't walked like 2,000 steps in a day in like five years like not even close and like if I did even walk 2,000 I was like at home at night like just crying in pain and like got home after that and was like totally fine I was like holy crap this brace works like and I just like couldn't believe that it was like it sounds so cheesy and it's like one of those like miracle stories but it, it is that brace is unreal like it's crazy to walk a day with it and walk a day without it and being like total regret like i know it's ugly and those shoes suck but like damn it makes my night so much better <laughs> and it's like something that 
like I feel like if if you've been there, you've been there, but like walking is something that you like totally take for granted. Like you know what I mean? Like I was same like same like I'd be like, oh running, like, oh I don't want to do this and like walking and then all of a sudden you're like in that position yeah. and you're like so now being able to walk with that brace, you're like, holy, like this yeah. is this is sick. Like it's it was such a weird time, like during that like time when I couldn't and it was kind of it, like it seems dumb that it's like oh everybody breaks their ankle and it's like lots of people have broken their talus and it's like they recover like there's lots of guys still racing that broke their talus and they're like in a little bit of pain and whatever but like, it just seems so dumb like every time i say it it se- sounds like i'm like lying or like faking it and i remember just like sitting there like watching like going to the mall and just like sitting on the bench and, like watching people like walk like watching like how their ankles work and stuff because it was like i feel like i didn't walk for so long that it was almost like i forgot that feeling of like walking so when i got the brace i literally had to like pay attention to how other people were walking to like remember like oh yeah like it's like this because i was like walking on my tippy toes for so long or like avoiding like bending my ankle and stuff and i was like just doing things to maneuver to like avoid that pain that it was almost like i forgot that like proper like for sure like motion and it was like you know, like it's so stupid if you look at my like youtube history it's like people walking like i, I remember like watching like there's no videos on youtube either like there should be more <laughs> videos on youtube of people walking like in slow-mo and stuff it's like i couldn't like figure out the gate of like the step for like a long time just because it was like i didn't walk like properly for so long that's crazy though it's like such a humbling experience and then you're back being able to walk with this brace and like i've heard you talk like (laughs) science and surgery and everything changes so yeah it's kind of like not really a waiting game but like you never know what like innovation could come out next but right now like it's working so it's like why not just run this for a bit exactly like my surgeon like i see him like quite often and same like i have like freaking like three or four surgeons like i have amputation doctor surgeon the prosthetic doctor like all these people yeah i got a team i like see them like pretty often and like there's like ones that are like pro brace and anti brace and it's so funny and it's like i don't care what your thoughts and opinions are like right now this brace is working like a miracle like it's letting me do things that like could not do without it so it's like i think it's great like my knees are holding up like i probably should like spend a little more time like getting fit and stuff and staying fit but the way i'm doing it is working so i'm not complaining i'm not changing <laughs> No, that's so sick and it's like it it's cool how you're just like okay first day back a walking you're at wild rose and <laughs> that then was not planned at all either it was just like it just it was just weird it just happened it's weird hey eh? <laughs> everything's just happening for a reason so then after that you shot some stuff and then just started like getting into the community that way yeah i this is yeah i uh yeah like it was kind of like like the same thing everybody always says it's like you can go to a moto track anywhere and just kind of find your people and it's like i kind of like went and i like saw like oh there's like serious races it's so sick that that's just like in the middle of the city like that is like 75 uh, of the reason why i'll probably always live in calgary like that is so cool that track is closed like i'm moving <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm out like that is so cool that that's just there and you just go there on like a, a wednesday and be like oh moto people you just get your fix like that is so cool um and then to be able to like go and be like hey these are going to be my people and like it was kind of funny and like kind of creepy like going there the first time and being like in a year these people are all going to be my friends probably (laughs) 
<laughs> it like just kind of worked out that way. Like it wasn't like in a creepy way, but it was like, eh, it was just going to work out. <laughs> like, so I just started taking pictures and stuff and it just turned into like what it is now. When you did, um, like how many years before this would have you traveled the West Coast National Circuit with Liz? Burton? Oh yeah. That would have been like, like 2019. See, that's what doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Yeah, was me and Liz and Liz. You still lived out east, but you guys came out and traveled the whole West Coast. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So that heads. was like mid during surgeries and stuff. Like that whole West yeah. Coast, I was on that eye walk thing. Like I was, I was non weight bearing. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, did yeah. The whole that's West like National. that's like the like the peg off the knee, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. My peg leg. I did. But the that's whole crazy that stuff. you like hit it went to all those races like this toured west coast and then still ended up back here so you kind of like knew like some people but not really yeah, like, yeah. The races it's busy so yeah, yeah it was cool and like at that up. point i hadn't picked the camera back up yet i hadn't even thought of that like being an option like i was just like liz was like i'm going to all the west races and i was kind of like that was when i was getting like the surgery in calgary and stuff so i was like in and out of like west and I was like, oh, it'll just work out that, like, I can come with you. Like, let's, let's, I'll be your pit bitch. But know that I don't know how to do anything. Like, may, like I think one time I put gas on her bike and I forgot to put the gas cap back on. No. <laughs> like, I was no help. Like, I've done that. Yeah. She, I think, you know what else? Like, she'll, she'll kill me if I don't bring this up. But I definitely dropped her bike once too and broke the brake lever. I didn't tell her. No, no, no. I, told, I had to tell her. She had a second photo. I was like, you got another one of these and you have time to put it on because I <laughs> dropped this. I think it was because I was so excited. She got like second or something. I was like, freaking out. That's right. Got to pay, peg leg. Got to Exactly. Yeah, exactly like i had one leg like what was i gonna do Dude, yeah that's that sick so, so yeah so then you ended up at wild rose like two years later able to walk around yeah yeah that was exactly how that worked out just like i was like i know where that track is we were there for nationals and at this time you had like a full-time job like what, what were you doing no during this no i still i hadn't i didn't go back like so during the whole broken ankle i wasn't working like i was like they were like your full disability for the rest of your life like you can never go back to work and i was like that sounds crazy like i'm going back to work <laughs> so at that point before i got the brace i hadn't gone back to work and then probably like i think i gave the brace like two or three months and i was like hey i'm gonna like and that's why like another reason why i was going to the track I was like hey i need to spend like some serious time on this brace because if i'm going to work i need to be especially because i worked in like concrete and stuff so it was like i would have to put work boots on and i would have to like be outside and walking a lot and stuff so i was like i really gotta test this and that was another reason why the track was probably the right place to like walk a bunch walk on dirt walk it was like it's like a construction site kind of so it just worked out that i could test it there oh, and perfect. then and then after a couple months of that i went back to work and and then down. and then 2023 came oh yeah 2023 really shook shit up <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I like landed like in my real life. I landed like a pretty good job, like a career you would say that you could probably retire from, uh, like in the civil engineering world. And it was like, that was like the goal job. Like that would have been ideal. Like I was like, when I got that job, I was like, this is it. I'm set for life. We're good. And that was kind of the same time that like the photo video thing was like sort of taking off. But I was, like, still doing it for fun. Like, it was, like, all good. And I remember, like, again, like, it's in writing on direct moto. I'll never quit my job to 
be full time behind a camera. And then <laughs> September came. <laughs> and we quit the job. And now we're just video photo full time. But it's been a crazy <laughs> year, like 2023. So you start off, you have a full time, like career life job. You're like, yeah. nah, I just have fun filming. Like, I'm never going to like ruin that, yeah. that feeling. Yeah. It just, I just never thought, like, I feel like thinking about it, like, I was thinking about it the other day, and it was like, maybe I was just saying, like, no, I would never quit my job, because deep down, I didn't believe that it was possible. For sure. And, like, I'm a big, like, it, like, I'm not gonna try if there's a possibility of failing, because I don't want to fail. So, it's like, maybe I, that was part of it, where I was like, oh, I just didn't think it would work. Like, I just didn't think that was even a possibility. Oh, geez. Uber competitive jazz. Yeah. Not, yeah. not being able to win. And Seriously. Down rate on them. Just bullseye right there. Like, well, if I can't win it. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. It's cool that you're, like, kind of having these realizations. But, like, yeah. now you, like, think back. So, like, what were those, like, what added up to, like, doing this full time? Like, you built this sick brand of yourself. Well, like to give credit to like some of the people like in Calgary, like a lot of a lot of these amateur kids' parents literally supported me through it. And it was like I was looking at like my bank account and it was like it was starting to become pretty like equal, like what my salary was and like how much I was making, like just doing it for fun and just doing it on weekends. And it was also like I feel like a little bit of my job too. Like I think everybody's in that spot right now working for somebody else. Like sort of sucks <laughs> it's like it's like ah like i could probably like spend more time at the track i like my schedule while i was working and doing it was i figured i had to wake up at 4 30 and i could kind of work whenever i wanted like at my job they like were loose about like hours as long as you work so many in a week so i would wake up at 4 30 and be at work for like 5 5 15 and work until two and then come home and then basically work until midnight and i didn't realize until i was like giving my resignation that i was only sleeping four hours a night <laughs> it's like my favorite ever i could like text jess at any hour of the day and a thousand percent she was in her sleep. yeah like like and if she doesn't like, like god find her yeah she's she's, she's eating too many nights late night to drive like we gotta find Jess yeah like I was just like non-stop and I like was getting real irritated at work and I was like just snapping on people like and I apologize now and I was just like you're being stupid like this is stupid and it was it wasn't like they were really well they kind of were being stupid but like it it was just like they were learning and I was like just not being patient like the way I usually would like to be and like as I was giving my resignation, I like it like clicked. It was like, oh, I wasn't being patient because I was sleeping for four hours and I was like probably too tired and like not focused on this job at all because I was just having so much fun with my other job that and like at the time I wasn't considering it a job either. I was like, this is like if I could pick anywhere I wanted to be, it would be at the track. So still to this day I struggle being like at the track, being like, I'm working. Like, no, I'm not. Like, if I, if I was, if I had a full-time job, I would still be in the same spot doing the same thing. So it's, like, so hard to, like, be like, I'm working. Like, it's just so dumb. Like, I'm not working. Like, it feels fake. So, yeah. But it's gnarly because now, so you started at the track. And then, like, even while well, you still had your full-time job, you're traveling to, like, 
all the Alberta rounds. Yeah. You're going to like BC. You're doing all the West Nationals. You're like flying in, flying out. You even like tried to hit some like super crosses. Yeah. Like you're all over the place while you had a full time job making this work. You're just like grinding. And like on our end, watching it, like the stuff that Jess like came up with and like, like the women's motocross stuff. Like I remember you going into like the series and you're just like, I'm I'm gonna put so much emphasis onto WMX because like that's what it needs. And she did. She freaking crushed it. She was like got so many more eyes onto like certain aspects of it. And then like we're like midway to the end of the season and there's just yeah, this like turning point where you were like coming to us being like, Do I do this full time? Do I do this? And I think you're like talk about that like school class program kind of thing like mentorship that you're in that kind of i guess did that spark it like what's going yeah. on on that side i don't i don't know what exactly sparked it i feel like i feel like it was like one of those moments i to be honest like the exact moment like i could pinpoint it that i was like hating my real life job and blah 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 was at huckabuck and we were doing that yoga thing that danica said like her top three moments on a dirt bike was like, I'm not a big yoga kid. Like, I don't do yoga. I don't do anything along those lines. Like, sort of. Yeah, like, Danny tries to get you in the yoga. She tries. She tries. But it's like. Namaste. I'm just, like, yeah. giggling the whole time or something. <laughs> but we, like, I, I was like, okay, that would be good for the video. Like, I was shooting, like, Huckabuck trying to get, like, cool footage. And I was like, that would be a cool one. Like, showing, like, they did yoga on the top of a hill at a track early in the morning. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go video. Everybody's like, you need to do yoga too. I was like, no, 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 I'm, that ain't me not doing that. So I like was shooting it, shooting it. And then it was kind of like, hey, I got all the shots I needed. But it was like, I couldn't start my 110 and just like ride down the hill and ruin your guys' moment. So I just like took a little seat on the bench, like the bleachers they had there. And it was like so quiet. And you guys were like, you could tell like just so into this little like stretchy stretch. And I'm just like looking out and it's like, above a track and it's like it's like it's out of a movie it was like the gloomy like the like the fog or whatever like kind of hovering over the track and again maybe like my memory is like spicing this up a little more than it was or whatever it is it's just yeah like it's just how it felt and it was like so quiet you could hear the birds and like amanda was just like talking all quiet and like peaceful and it was just like what the heck is going on and it was just like like, it just felt, like, so, like, such a quiet moment that was, like, oh, shit. Imagine if this is what I did all the time for a full-time career. Like, I was just in moments like this. Like, this could be it. And it was also, like, this is what makes me happy. Like, this, like, and, like, the week before at work, it's just miserable. Like, just people just driving you nuts. And it was, like... It was affecting me to the point where I was like, I was getting mad and like, it was like affecting me. And I was like, damn, I think I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to try to do this full time. And like, I kind of didn't really say anything. We just kind of went on with our day and stuff. But that was like the first moment where I was like, I was like joking about it before. Like I'm quitting my job, blah, blah, blah. But like, that was the first moment where I was like, no, I think I'm really going to quit my job. <laughs> and that was just like the moment that I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm done working full time. Day job thing. <laughs> and you jumped in. You went just both feet right in. Yeah. And I was like, I had the, I probably quit at the worst time too. I feel like that was the problem of the whole Huckabuck moment was like, 
that was the worst possible timing ever because I quit my job in September when dirt biking is like done. So it's like I feel like you turn into the busiest person ever though. It was like, oh shit, I quit my job, and then it was like, oh, I'm gonna go shoot cranes, and then I'm gonna go shoot yeah. like martial arts, and then I'm gonna go shoot dirt bikes, and then this horses. and that, and horses. Yes, yeah, horses. Like yeah. you were doing everything, I and like... you're like our world traveler friend now. <laughs> yeah, like I jumped in like full tilt because I was like scared. I was like, oh my god, I'm not gonna make enough money. I need to shoot everything. But then it just kind of worked out. Like luckily again, like East Coast stuff came up, and like the thompsons and isaiah and alec and them shout out to all those boys east coast kids that like really sealed the deal on it being able to work was like kyle sending me to enduro cross which i didn't even know existed until i showed up yeah like there's off-road in an arena i remember showing up to the first round and being like Hulk on the track. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this here for? <laughs> like this word even looks wrong. Yeah, like this is not. It's just, it was just so weird. But it was like very cool. It was a fun experience, and it was like super grateful that Kyle sent me to those. And it was like a cool project too, because it was like it was not just making like Instagram bangers. It was actually like telling a story for TV, which is like obviously the dream. Obviously, I love making the Instagram bangers for all like the amateurs and stuff. Like that's super fun. But like deep down i want to make like cool like stories like as anybody that's picked up a video camera kind of knows like that's like ideal versus like just like putting some music to a little edit which i love doing but it's not as fulfilling as like telling a cool story which is not really the money maker yet but hopefully eventually (laughs) will be so that being said do you have like a goal or like a bucket list thing that you want to like shoot or honestly it's like hard to say like it's hard to it's hard to like like i like six months ago i didn't even know this was a possibility for a job so it's like six months from now a project could appear that i just can't even imagine right now you know so like that's how i'm kind of looking at it where it's like i obviously like tried to write down like dream clients like obviously my dream client is honda like that's like i've been a honda kid since (laughs) i was a little kid so like dream client would be like honda usa like even just looking at their shoot for the supercross for 2023 with like joe and jet and hunter like that one that just came out it's like freaking i would love to shoot that like that would be like that shoot like just watching that is like that would be my absolute dream is to like shoot with them but like I know right now that I'm not ready for that. Like I have so much to learn between now and then. I have so much like to do between now and then. It's like, and that's like a day. Like that's a day shoot. That's like a day thing. Like, like, like huge project. Like Kyle Cowling is like a guy that I like admire big time in the video world. And I know right now he's working on a project um with like troy lee gas gas like barsha team kind of thing and it's like a big project like he shot all of i believe the outdoor races maybe supercross too and he's like making like a series out of it which is like he hasn't posted like a single like shot of this series thing that he's doing but it's like he has a podcast and he sort of like hints about like what he's doing and stuff and it's like you see him at the track shooting and stuff it's like where's this footage going and he's making the series and like that would be so cool to like have like a big piece of work that tells like a big story of like barsha's season like that would be super cool and i don't think it's just barsha maybe it's the whole gas gas i don't know what it is but 
his work is like unreal like he's done some cool stuff with like the crags and stuff like those big stories like i'd love to do which like i think i'm moving in the right direction to be able to do that someday but always my biggest fear is like people thinking like oh she just wants to make instagram bangers which i i love but like obviously a big project like that would be so cool but and again like i don't even know I'm not even there yet to like pitch that to somebody or something. Like I don't even know how that those ideas come up. But like that would be the dream would be making something bigger than just like one race or one day. Like cool. making like a series or something. That'd be cool. Oh yeah. I think stuff like that will just like unfold and it'll be cool to like talk about that and see how it goes. But even already, like the stuff that you've done and come out with and like the things that we've all talked about like how we want to like shoot the babes trip and like stuff like that like i feel like it's just like ideas and thoughts and yeah it's cool how you mention like that there's these people that they're making it in their career and it's all just like about not moto in general but it's like the lifestyle the stuff that happens behind the scenes yeah like it's not just a race like there's so much more behind the scenes and stories and like that's so sick that like yeah, it's almost like I'd rather, like, I've shot enough races, I've shot enough dirt bikes where it's like, okay, those shots, like, you can shoot with your eyes closed. It's like, it's like, in Enduro Cross, I got to shoot, like, little sit-down interviews and stuff. Like, like some of the ideas were, like, shooting, like, the riders' girlfriends and stuff. Like, that was so cool. And, I like, I don't know, because you don't really get any feedback on it, so I don't know if people liked it. But, like, shooting those were so cool to, like, give a different perspective, give a different, like look at the sport like i just watched like like all these vlogs and stuff every team and stuff are putting out like everybody watches them for like entertainment and stuff but i'm kind of watching them like as a filmmaker like watching it it's like they're telling really cool stories like they're showing things like i watched uh like chase sexton say i don't even know who made it so apologies but like it was so cool just to see him like it's preseason. he's a top dog like he's going in with the number one plate and it's like we literally watched what he does for a week when we're like what like four or five weeks out from the biggest race like of his career really kind of sort of a little bit um and it's like so cool that somebody got to shoot that and follow him around for a week and like we as like fans got to see like like what is beyond yeah like beyond the just the race like the race is like for them kind of the smallest part of it like they're working so hard that it's like i would love to be able to like show that even like like as like this year would be well whatever this year would be cool to like show like there's some privateers too like these guys struggle like it would be cool to be like it's it's like you also got to build relationships with these riders right so it's sort of hard as like a little girl from the east coast to like get in with like somebody and be able to follow them and like be close enough with them that like hey i know you're having a hard time but i am gonna stuff a camera in your face and like get this for the for the story because it is their real life so it is hard to like tread that line but it would be so cool to be able to like really show a privateer struggle like like there's probably 10 privateers that are gonna be racing supercross this year that aren't gonna make a main event till like the last round. And it's like, what a shitty time until that moment. And like, to be able to get that would be like, so sick. But like, it's so hard to do that. So like the guys that are doing it, it's like, that is so sick. Like those Club MX videos and stuff, like those are super cool. That'd be cool. 
it would be cool like to see where it goes and like we know like you want to go down to supercross and stuff and we'll see like kind of what what comes from the u.s trips but on on that note like what like you kind of mentioned things that you'd want to do what would your in the last little like your life experience with bikes like what would your what's your top moments that come to mind either riding bikes involved with bikes filming like even if it's just one moment like what what's those key those key moments that you just like look back on and you're like whoa well i think like a lot of it like now as i'm older i'm not really riding or racing very much very often but obviously that huckabuck moment was like kind of a big one that yoga on the top of the hill that was huge that was crazy that was like you can't even explain it it sounds like in the la land but that was a cool moment um god i don't even know what year this was it might have been like 2000 i don't even know 2008 2009 something like that um a like a race like a rider from atlantic passed away in a work accident and the following year at the banquet, like we, it, the in the Atlantic, the banquet is a big deal. Like everybody gets dressed up. You go to like whatever hotel it is. It's like notoriously like you get kicked out of the hotel every year. Like it's, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's good. Party. And like poor Larry, like gets the bill every year. Like one year I'm going to pay for it or something. Try or do whatever. <laughs> I don't even think they happen anymore, to be honest, because it just got a little too out of hand. Um, but at the banquet, the family of the guy that passed away uh, gave out like a sportsmanship award, which weird term to give to me, but okay. Uh, and they gave it to me and it was kind of one of those moments where it was like, oh crap, like that was my buddy and like, we grew up racing together and just kind of one of those things where it was like, wow, that's super cool that they gave it to me. And then every year they give it out to somebody else. So it was kind of cool the following year I got to give it to somebody else. And it was like one of those moments where I stood up in front of the entire like region and just kind of like teared up and cried. We all kind of had a moment. It was like, that was a super cool, like I still keep that. Like every house I've ever lived in that, that plaque is hung up. Like it's in my office now. Like that's where I keep it. Like that was a big one. Um, I guess, I think... I think, I guess, I guess just if we're going to go photo and video, it was last year in Seattle. And thanks to like Billy at Direct Moto, shout out, um, like he hooked it up where I got my first like Supercross media credential. And I got the shot of uh, Jet Lawrence and who was it, McAdoo, I think, crashing. And I was like right in front of it. And I was only allowed to shoot photo, which was like a huge bummer, but like appreciative like i'll take what i can get like oh, i'm just happy to be there thanks so much um so i and i like people were like oh you could have shot video but like i read every like word of the rule book of like what i could and couldn't do and it said if you found if they found a video on my camera they would delete everything and i would be banned and i was like there's no way like i'm not really a rule follower but i ain't messing up with supercross like I, that's the dream right so I like didn't take a single video, which like I wish I did because it was like, ah, I just want a video so bad. But um, I was standing right in front of it and they just like, I just held like, like that, like spray and pray. Like as soon as I realized like Jet was getting a little swirly off the face, I was like, oh my God, they're going to eat it right in front of me. And I was like in focus, it was right in front of me. And I just like got that shot and it was just like, 
and like going into that race it was kind of one of those moments like it's not true at all but it was like like there's like could be shots like that's like the best photographers like if you get one of those photos and it goes viral it's like your career is basically made like that's it as a photographer or videographer or whatever it's like those like that's that would be like the equivalent to winning a supercross it's like you get that and then everybody sees your name and it's like in that moment i thought that was my shot i was like oh, i got it and like i was like so pumped it's like these two guys are like laying on the ground i'm like I'm like oh no like you idiot that was so rude and like i dropped down like i was like in the i wasn't even allowed on the track like i was just like like very first line of like yeah like media credential like so like when you get like these like bibs you're allowed to go in like the first row of the stands all the way around but like there's no fans between like there and like there's like a big blocked off section so you're allowed to be in that little area all the way around the stadium so it was like no fans or anything were like near me so like i could just drop down and nobody could see me and i just like remember dropping and just like holy fucking shit like just like tears rolling down like oh my god probably like that feeling like you say like a race win oh my god it was bigger it's just so that feeling was bigger than any race win that was like holy shit i just got that like photo like it's also like imposter syndrome right like i don't really belong here like i just got this lucky like it was just one of those this is before this was like your job yeah Yeah. like this was just like that trip hobby jess yeah that trip i landed back from seattle and went straight to work (laughs) like i didn't even go home between like that that moment of getting that photo to like going to work on monday morning like it was like straight to work (laughs) it's like crazy that's so unreal yeah get this epic shot and like now this It was like, and and still, when I got home, I wrote the article for Billy for direct, and was like, "I'll never quit my job." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, "Here's car." Yeah, yes, yeah. We'll see. That's so, amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That, those are pretty big moments, which is kind of crazy because like that one just happened, and I've been around tracks for twenty five years or more now, so they're still happening those moments are still i feel like they're brewing like 2024 is gonna be sick 2024 is gonna be a heater such a heater i'm excited i can get december over because i'm pretty bored already oh <laughs> it's been two days i've been home for like two days and i'm like this is gonna, Just be, needs to it's gonna be sick i can't wait till till we regroup on like what that moment of yeah pretty much each month's gonna be it's gonna be sick it's gonna be crazy yeah i just and the the thing is, is everything's like kind of loose program. It's like, I don't even really know what's going to happen. I like, I know what I've set up loosely, but it's like, anything can happen. Sometimes <laughs> that's the best way to roll. Yeah. It's been like, the wild thing is, is it's been working out. <laughs> like nothing's gone too terrible. Like we're not broke yet. We're not like, <laughs> we haven't lost anything. We haven't messed up any videos. Like we're pretty good so far. So You're just taking what's com- coming at you. Hey, yeah. It's awesome. Rolling. It's been good. Not mad about it. Heck yeah. Well, I think that's an epic spot to yeah. wrap it. Thanks so much, Jess. That yeah. was guys. It was that's deep. That was rad. That was a lot of me talking. It was great. That's that's great. Story. Yeah. Until the next deep. one. <laughs> Until the next one. All right. Lexi's next. <laughs> Oh, my God.